Praise God. We're turning to 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. This might not be a very long message this morning. I had a choice. I could I could uh, preach for an hour and a half or preach 45 minutes twice this morning and tonight. So uh, we went uh, we went for the latter and going to probably continue this tonight and uh, feel good about this in the Lord. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians five. Hallelujah. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. God, so often we look around, we see this world. Lord, we feel the effects of the generation that we're living in. We feel, Lord God, the the pressures of the battle that we're facing, God. And Lord, we forget just how blessed we are. God, we take this time to thank you for many, many blessings. Thank you, Lord God, for life and abundant life that you've given us. And Lord, thank you for this time that we can be together, Lord. And thank you, Lord God, for what you're going to do. Bless your word to our hearts and lives. We love you for it. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad you're not at home watching this on the, on the Internet? <laughs> First Thessalonians 5. The Apostle Paul, obviously, not his thoughts, not his vision, really, but God's vision in the man of God, is wrapping up a letter that he is writing to this church in Thessalonica. And uh, chapter 5, verse 16, he says, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesyings. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. There's a lot in these verses, and I don't know. I can't tell you. I know what God's dealing with me for today. Maybe, maybe it just could be that we'll go through some more of these short, kind of almost proverb sayings here at the end of 1 Thessalonians 5. But Somebody, I, I really believe, is, is if you'll pay attention this morning, that God wants to give you the, the blessings and, and, and to, to fulfill them in you, to walk in a way that you really, a level you haven't really been at, at least not for a while. I've uh, recently dealt with some things that, that uh, I think are very important. The idea that not everything in a child of God's life, like Sister Carmen's testimony kind of touched on, that, that everything's not always easy. It's not always just uh, smooth sailing and, and people that don't understand that. I think in a generation where people are used to handouts, used to other people fighting their battles, or used to they don't ever, uh, aren't ever allowed to just uh, say, hey, go in there and, and, and deal with it. They don't learn how to deal with things. Sadly, years and years ago, talked to someone who got very, very angry with me, as if I told them they have to get off of their anxiety medication, as if that was my idea, and it was not. But they called me almost as if they needed my validation and my approval in that because they were trusting God and saying, God's going to be my joy, God's going to be my peace. But then they had a difficulty in their marriage, uh, a disagreement. And rather than say, you know what, we're going to work this out and deal with it, the words that they spoke to me was, why can't I just take a pill and be happy? Rather than have to deal with the reality of differing opinions and different viewpoints and I thought, how sad it is that that is a generation 
that people live in. It's not a, a matter of a very real medical condition. But somebody was just never taught there's going to be days like these. And that you need to learn how to pray. You need to learn how to trust God and have faith. You need to learn how to hear from God and get strength. And There's going to be difficulties in life. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. You look at the lives of from Jesus and his disciples. You can go through your New Testament and see Peter and Paul and James. Or you can go back and look at men like like Abraham and Moses and Elijah and on and on. And you'll see lives of faith and, and uh, praise God. Even how it talks about Job in the New Testament and says, Happy are ye when you endure these things. Because we know the end of the story of Job. But a lot of folks don't get to the end of their situation. They stop right where they are and they, they, they just, uh, it's not fair, it's not right. And I think it starts early. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time in this. I really think the generation that has come up in this world that's raised on some of the things we're talking about, Internet, Hollywood, and, and, and lies of life, things that aren't real, they, they just don't. Are, are not taught that, hey, it's going to be all right. Life isn't fair. And, but you're, you've, got a, you've got your eyes on something better than this, this world system. Amen. That, yeah, you're going to face things that are unfair. Don't let that be your focus. Don't let that be your life. Don't let that be what gives you fulfillment in your life. This, is, this world is not your home. But I've, I've told you that it, it, faith does not mean the absence of struggles and battles. And having faith does not mean that things don't anger us. That things don't cause us to be sorrowful. That we need to learn how to deal with these emotions and realize that there's something very healthy at times about grief and sorrow and anger when it's not ruling you. We even talked about fear. That fear is going to be a natural response sometimes to some situations. And it might not be that anything's wrong, but you let that rule you and you're going to, you're not living by faith. When things grip you and cause you to lose your ability to be reasonable and make choices that are wise, your anger, your sorrow, your fear, whatever it is, is not an excuse to, to be foolish. I had somebody recently, not in church, ask me a question. You know, what should I do? And gave me a scenario. I said, I don't know what you're asking me. What, what, just make it plain. What is your question to me? What do you want me to tell you? Well, should I, should I do right or should I, should I be dumb? I said, that's easy. Dumb, you're never going to feel good about dumb. You're never gonna gonna wake up the next day and say, I'm so glad I was stupid last night, made my made a choice to be foolish. Don't don't leave that on the table. But listen to me. I'm not just talking about somebody out in the world. So often I've seen in church people use anger or sorrow or fear as an excuse to make foolish decisions. You don't have to. With the Holy Ghost, you can rise above that. With the help of God, you can have the strength to not say foolish things, make foolish choices, and turn back with all your regret and say, yeah, but I didn't really have a choice. Yeah, you really did. Yeah, you always did. Oh, but I was so afraid. That doesn't override your will to make wise choices. Amen. I, I, I didn't uh, expect to get into all this, but you still, unless you're a very young child or you're mentally handicapped, you can say, God, you help me be wise in this situation. You help me be strong in this situation. Amen. When things are unfair, when things get me angry, when I'm frustrated or sad, that doesn't mean I just fly off the handle and say and do things, amen, that are unwise. Because when it's all said and done, the choices you make are taking you down a path. And so, so often, I don't know how, how many times I've just seen situations where people are in a bad way. And whether they know it or not, they've taken every step willingly towards a destination they don't want to be in. Help us, Lord. 
So we, we've talked a lot. We've preached a lot about anger and, and sorrow and situ- things that a lot of people don't really equate with being a strong Christian. But if I see our examples in the Bible, uh, Jesus himself, times of sorrow. The Bible even describes him prophetically as a, a, a man acquainted with grief, a man of sorrows. And we certainly see him angry at times. I don't think he's, he's got a big grin on his face. And, oh, you know, just grabbing him by the chin and saying, you hypocrites. <laughs> Boop, you're so cute. You vipers. Oh. No, there's anger there. He sees hypocrisy. He's not real thrilled about it. But I want to talk now to you about Something that I think is much more important than even, even all this. And, and uh, something that, that I feel like the enemy does so much to rob us and steal from us. And that people aren't living the lives that God has called them to in spite of all this. Because in spite of all the trials and the battles... In spite of all the tribulation and the, the things that might, might get us angry and, or, or cause us great sorrow. Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation. How many know what he goes on to say? Be of good cheer. I'm focusing in today on verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Do I, is this any bit of contradiction? Absolutely not. Do I still believe everything I've been preaching to you? I'd better. But do I believe that there needs to be a dwelling, a, an enduring joy that I believe the devil tries to steal from folks all day long? And if you don't understand the idea of being angry and sinning not or being sorrowful but still being wise, you need to understand the idea that you can be in this world full of tribulation and still be rejoicing. I'm not talking about some thin-skinned, shallow, hypocritical idea of just being cheesy and, and acting like nothing bothers you but inside you're all... I'm talking about joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. And if you're not living in joy today, God's got a better life for you. And I want to talk to you maybe even more tonight about things that the devil tries to rob us of our joy. That in this world, your your joy is not based on situations and circumstances that are easy. Your life, God never made you as a soldier of the cross to, to, to be thriving in conditions that are always convenient. God gave us what we need to get through a life that, that has pain, that has loss, that is, has trials and tests. And we're living in a day that I believe the, the Bible talks about the enemy knowing his time is short. We're seeing things. I know a lot of folks are looking at 2020 and saying, what is going on? What is next? And, and all the craziness of, of all that's going on in this world. And, and, and I want to say, you think that's bad? Try living for God and getting in church. Hello? We're going through trials. We face some hard things in this life. Amen. We're in a real battle. This isn't. Uh, pumped up by, by the media with any kind of agenda. The devil's fighting God's people. Knowing his time is short, he's coming, praise God, hitting us where it hurts. But the Bible says rejoice evermore. There is a, not just a, uh, oh, I'm feeling so, so hopeless and helpless and I'm just going to by faith uh, uh, shout and we're talking about more than just an expression we're talking about more than just a a, a shout around an altar we're talking about a, a joy that is expressed from our hearts knowing that we've got more than what this world can offer 
and knowing that the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. The joy of a child of God endures. When God says rejoice evermore, you can get up in the morning and not say it's going to be easy, it's going to be fun, but the joy of the Lord is going to be something that is a part of your life. Hallelujah. You can still praise God. Though though this world is not your home and it hasn't treated you very well, you can have joy knowing that you've got a home prepared. Amen. Amen. With Jesus. So much of this world is... If your heart is here and your treasure is here and you're looking at this world and thinking, have a mindset like this world, you're trying to fit into this world, you're trying to, your goals are like their goals, you're seeking what they're seeking, you're going to get the same thing they've got, which is temporary, temporary, and it's not enduring, it's not lasting, but you can have, hallelujah, you can have joy. Knowing that your walk with God, your relationship with God transcends all of this. Oh, hallelujah. I know I'm not talking about uh, trying to downplay uh, the, the hurt that you've been through and very real battles. I think this world doesn't understand when you don't really care about uh, anybody but yourself. Your, your, your tears really don't, don't really carry a whole lot of weight. But when, you, when you're hurt because of friends and family that that aren't aren't doing what they need to do or they they've been cold or they've they they've just you, you have a burden for them anybody know what i'm talking about problems that aren't based on oh somebody looked at me funny somebody doesn't think i'm awesome and wonderful and i i i lost some some friends on facebook or i didn't get some likes on my whatever you posted come on now oh your life is so difficult i don't think so but, you know, there's real trials with somebody who's paying attention, somebody that's fighting battles, somebody that's pushing, somebody that's, that's, that's working hard, and, and you want to see a family in heaven. You want to, you want to, you building on, and loving people, and, and there's going to be hard times. Praise the Lord. But there's a joy in living for God Amen. that takes you through. That you're not, uh, you can be like Paul and say, you know, I've been through a lot. I'm cast down, but I'm not forsaken. Amen. I've been through a lot, but I know, praise God, I've got more than all that. Your walk with God is greater. How do men, have you ever just taken some time and looked at people that were tortured? Looked in your Bible and see people that were thrown in prison? Come on now. I know we, we maybe use it a lot, but let's, one of the very least maybe of some things uh you know paul and silas beaten thrown into prison and when i say least people have gone through many many worse things than than even that and they're rejoicing in god the first church i told you this recently they came back to after they were they're threatened and and, and with beatings, threatened with imprisonment, and, and they had already seen Jesus crucified, they come back to their own company, the Bible calls it. Amen. Their own company. It, 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 their church, their church family, it was personal to them. Amen. They owned it, and they, they, they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer. When they're beaten, when they're threatened, they said, oh, this is, you know, they didn't enjoy that, but they were excited that, you know what, they, they crucified our Lord. And we are one of them. And it identified them as the church. We're not playing games here. We're not backing down. We're not. It was something in them that said, you know what? This, we know it's real because we're willing to stand up no matter how hard they make it for us. We haven't been through things like that yet. We haven't seen that kind of torment, that kind of, uh, of persecution in our lives. But yet they retain joy. Their joy. Amen. Well, look what it says. We quote it so often. Let's look at it. Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. Maybe you didn't know this was in Nehemiah. Hallelujah. Nehemiah 8. They're building the wall. They built the wall. Around Jerusalem, they're gathered together. They brought their Bibles out and they stand up 
Nehemiah gets up on the, or the, the priests and, and get up on a platform and, and uh, begin to read the word of God throughout the day. And they're hearing the word and, and they're standing as it is being read. Verse 8 of Nehemiah 8 says they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. So they're reading the word, they're letting, explaining it, expounding, teaching. Nehemiah, which is the Tirsh, which is the Tirshatha, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. And when then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want to tell you the devil tries so hard to steal your joy. Get your focus on this world. And Lord willing, we want to talk tonight about some of the things, specific things that try to steal us of our joy. We may talk around quite a few of them before we get to tonight's message, but your strength, if you get focused on all the things that are going on in this world, and you're going to lose your joy, and you are not where you need to be. You don't have the strength you need if you don't have the joy that God's given you. I'm telling you every Every one of us, the enemy, tries to steal our strength by taking our joy. You cannot run this race without the strength you need. You cannot fight this fight without the strength you need. Amen. So the idea of the devil taking that joy from you makes sense. I know a lot of folks think, well, I'm, I can retain my level of holiness. I can live for God. I don't need to backslide in your mind. You're thinking backsliding is giving up, compromising, uh, giving up standards of holiness. And yeah, that, that may come down the road. I don't know. But, but in this battle, you will not be effective without the joy of the Lord being your strength. You've got to make up your mind. You can't have my joy, devil. No matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through, I don't care. Hallelujah. How, how thick the devil tries. To, you're not stealing. That's a choice I've got to make. Amen. We're going to see in another verse. But recognize, they were reading the Word of God. This was not something out of, uh, out of order at all. They're reading the Word and people begin to get sorrowful because they knew their past. They knew that this place had to be rebuilt because of sin. And, and they knew that, that the battles they were in. And it, the Nehemiah paints a very clear picture of so many different ways the enemy was trying to come against them. And they begin to get sorrowful. And Nehemiah says, stop right there. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And basically, like a good dad says, dry it up and start rejoicing. Get some, somebody bake a cake. Somebody throw some, some real nice steaks on the grill. Amen. And, and we're going to go ahead and celebrate and help somebody else who, who needs some help. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. It was a time of rejoicing. I, I've taken some time many times talking to younger folks that maybe are, are thinking about a family in the future. And I don't know if how often people think about this, but I, I've told people many times, if you can't laugh together, you don't, that's probably not the will of God. You're going to have to go through a lot of things in this life. You don't want somebody that's going to be sour all day long. You want The Bible talks about, I mean, it is very... Very specific in its statement that says you want to live joyfully with a wife of your youth. That, that's, that, to me, that's exciting. God saying, I want you to have a good time. I want you to be able to, to have fun. I want you to be able to have joy in your home. I don't want you to, to always be just... You, you need strength, and that strength is not going to come. Praise God. I'm not talking about silliness and, 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 and something that is shallow, but I'm talking about real joy. It might manifest itself in silliness, but I'm talking about something real that is, that'll take you through hard times. Amen. God, God's not interested. I've, I've lived 
so many years around a, an atmosphere, whether it's family or even even some folks in church, that that almost everything you just just want to put a sh- a shadow of guilt every time you're having a good time and every time you do something nice, every time you go somewhere. Can I tell you, God wants you to be blessed. I'm not talking about throwing out a burden. I'm talking about a balance. But but to have joy in your life is so important. To act like you can't just have a good time. And any time somebody just tries to, uh, to, to just laugh or smile and, and, and people look at you and try to put you down or make you feel uncomfortable, I'm just telling you, you've got to have an attitude that says you get over yourself. I, God's been good to me. I'm going to enjoy the life that God's given me. I am going to praise God, live joyfully, and I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. There's always, 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 because that's the devil. You've got to see it as that. It's the devil that tries to rob you of your joy. When you've got your mind on how good God is and how he's blessed you and how he, he's, he's taken care of you and somebody wants to somehow uh, just, just come against that, don't, don't let that happen. Don't pay attention to that. Love God and serve him. This is a choice they made. Look what it says in James, the first chapter. Hallelujah. We're going to get some more details tonight, I believe, in how the enemy tries to steal our joy. Specifically, just things that rob you of the life that God wants you to have. People that are living just miserable and don't think that's just... Living for God. People that forgot how to enjoy the, the blessings of God. Amen. People that are so overly concerned with, well, now I'm going to preach tonight's message. With things that rob their joy. James 1, verse 2 says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Okay. it's a lot going on here. Are circumstances ideal when you are experiencing diverse temptations? Somebody say no. Uh-uh. Is everything going your way when you're experiencing diverse temptations? No. Different kinds. Diverse. No. Are things going your way? Well, I would imagine for most of us, when we are being tried, tested, and tempted, that's not the kind of day we would choose. Days where situations are testing me, right, is not my best day. So I'm supposed to have joy when things aren't going ideal for me. That my joy is not based on my circumstance and the things that the day thrusts upon me against my will. Amen? But joy is more than just a feeling here. It's a decision. It's almost as if in Romans 6 it talks about reckoning yourself. There's this idea of sitting down and making a decision, making it all add up, if you will. So you've got to have something that overrides this, something, like I said, that transcends it, something that's stronger, something that's bigger than the situation that you're in, and say, you know what? I've got faith. I believe joy works with faith. Joy works with peace. Joy works with contentment. Amen. That you've got to recognize this isn't what defines my day. This situation is not that important to me that it can take my joy. Amen. You've got to count it joy knowing that, you know what, not only does this not define my day, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it because it's a day that the Lord's made. And God's allowed me to get to this. He's going to help me get through it. And he's got a plan for something good. Amen. I heard somebody say recently, don't you think that maybe sometimes when, when, uh, when you need more patience, God just gives you a chance to show some? Don't you think maybe when God wants you, you're saying, I need to have more faith, God takes you to a trial and says, okay, let's exercise that faith. We just think, oh, wow, I feel faith now. Faith without any kind of trial isn't faith. It's just a feeling. Count it all joy. 
there's a, there's a decision you've got to make. This is the day that the Lord has made. We already partially quoted. I will rejoice. I'm going to look at my day and say, devil, you can't have my joy. It's more than just a declaration of war. All right? It's, it takes more than just saying, you can't have my joy. It takes an understanding of counting it joy. It takes an understanding to say that this isn't what my life is about. What this world provides, it can give me pain. I understand that. And a good, you know, a bonus or somebody saying, boy, that's okay. There's, I understand there's some value in that. But take it or leave it, it does not affect my state of well-being in God. That my life doesn't, isn't a success or a failure because somebody recognized me. Amen. Again, maybe this is more for tonight. But to count it joy means that I've got to recognize, hey, my, whether I'm standing in line at Walmart, that's probably one of the worst things I can think of at the moment. So maybe life's really good or maybe Walmart's just that bad. But listen to me. No matter what, if I've got to do something, that I'm not excited about, I still am excited about what God's done for me. Amen. Say, I got a day that, oh, I got to do some things that I'm not excited about. That doesn't mean I stop being excited about everything my life is about. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I can, I'm not going to give up all the important things in my life about my Holy Ghost and my, my, my friendship with God and the blessings that God and forget about all that because of this little problem over here. No, I'm going to carry all these good things with me. And I'm not saying I'm not affected. Of course, I'm still sorrowful. I still get angry. Amen. And all the, I'll still get frustrated. But that doesn't mean I let all my joy outside the door. And I recognize, you got to recognize that in all this, that God's so good that even through this day, God, you're going to take me through it. It's going to be behind me. You know, as they say, this too shall pass. But not just will it pass. God, you've got something good in store. Amen. Sometimes we just need it. Amen. Whether we like it or not, sometimes we need it. Psalm 16. Hallelujah. Psalm 16, you hear what I'm saying? I want you to really pay attention to to your life. And can you honestly, I'm not saying, don't compare yourself to anybody else. I'm not saying maybe you're just as bubbly or as, you know, it just express it the same way somebody else does. But are you enjoying your life with God? Are you paying attention to how good he's been to you throughout the day? Are you thankful for the blessings of God? You know, you've got all these problems. Don't you have multitude more blessings than those? Can, can you rejoice evermore? Listen to me now. Let's go back to that before we read here in the book of Psalms. That idea of rejoicing evermore was an exhortation. It was, a, it was uh, if you will, so, he was saying, do this. It's not something that is just a response to good things, but I've got to choose to rejoice from here on out. Rejoice evermore, whatever I'm facing. I think it might have a lot to do with a verse or two after that. It says, in all things give thanks. Amen? The situation you're going through, are you still thankful? Are you still giving God thanks? Are you still carrying with you through the day all the great things God has done for you? Amen. Rejoice evermore. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, you've got something to rejoice about. Amen. Psalm 16, verse 11. Hallelujah. It says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. I, I just love that. Life. I, I look around at I'm not trying to be judgmental of this world. I'm looking at who I was, what was important to me, what my goals and aspirations were, what what made me feel good and what made me feel miserable. But God's given life. This idea that you're just surviving, you're just going through this world like cattle, just not really even paying attention to anything, not really having a sense that God is so good to you 
that you can enjoy your life, that you can be blessed in your life. Amen. You've allowed things to rob you of that. You've allowed somebody. The Bible talks about the joy of the Lord being our strength. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. That tells me an attribute of God is joy. So when you've got God in you, you're experiencing His joy. But you can look around this world. Have you noticed? You say, oh, you mean all the, the problems and the viruses and the hate and the anger and the ignorance? No, look at how beautiful God made it. Look at how amazing it is. Oh, are we having a, 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 some beautiful days? Oh, it's so hot. I can't wait till it's over. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, he went there. It's easy. It's easy pickings because we look for things. You know, we're never content. We're never comfortable. Everything's always, uh, you know, uh, we, amen. But, but look around you and experience how good God is. Amen. Oh, do you see all the problems? You see all the people that they're not living right? And you see how the Bible says how good and how pleasant it is. Can I tell you, they're looking at you too. And we all need, there's something good if you can understand God's will in having fellowship, Christian friendship. But it's far from perfect. We're not in heaven yet. Amen. Well, let's get to book of Psalms here. Psalm 16, verse 11. That would show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. There's, there's a source right there. And at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. If you equate holiness with a nasty look because you notice how bad things are, you're not in, you, you, you've allowed the devil to steal you of joy. There's better things to worry about. God can take, you know, a lot of things. Again, this is going to be tonight, Lord willing, unless I start going for that hour and a half. <laughs> Praise God. If, if, please don't. Please don't. This is a source right here. The joy of the Lord, hallelujah, the, the presence of the Lord, that fruit of the Spirit is who He is, amen. That's where the joy comes from. You've got to get it in your heart and mind that, and a, that yes, I, I'm not happy as, as much as anybody with all the things that just are rotten going on in the world today. But if I'm going to live my life being identified by how dumb folks are, rather than how good God is, then I'm the dummy. If I allow all that dumbness to affect my day and get me down, I've made a choice to live my life piggybacking off of their stupidity and getting feelings that are dumping on me that are bad and letting that fill me, and then that's what I'm talking about to other people, rather than letting the joy of the Lord uh, coming from the presence of God, the fullness of joy. It's a whole lot better. It's a life God wants you to live. It's a life that shines to the people around you. And they say, I want that. I need that. I need something that's enduring. I need something that takes me through all this because this is making me want to end it all. You look around, praise God. I don't take that statement lightly. If somebody thinks I just threw that out there lightly, I'm telling you, the idea of suicidal tendencies and actions in this generation is, is, is astronomical. Because people are hopeless. They need to see somebody who's got hope. Not somebody who, who is just identified with, with the dirt of the day. Amen. I see it too. And I could... But listen to me right now. I want my life and the, the short time I've got on this planet to, to, to be experiencing the goodness of God. In His presence is fullness of joy. Now, I know that is an ex- can be an experience that we enter into God's presence and come before His throne. And He is just, just so, so good to us. But shouldn't that just go with us after we're done? We don't just come away from an altar and start looking around and, and letting this person rob my joy and what this person thinks and what this person's doing. And what about how good God is in your life? Right, amen. Does that it making any sense to anybody? Amen. Maybe some things are so, you're so susceptible 
to the attack of the enemy, coming against your mind and tearing you down, bringing uh, sorrow and depression and anxiety and loneliness to a point that you're losing control because you've lost your joy. You've allowed the devil to steal the source of your strength. You can't make it without strength. And strength is going to come from joy, and joy comes from the presence of the Lord. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time with so many things that are all they're doing is stealing your joy. They're not helping you in any way. They're just robbing you of the strength that you ought to be having. And there's a life that you can live in God that is fulfilled. Filled with the Spirit. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy unspeakable and full of glory is what God says about us. When was the last time you, you experienced joy unspeakable? 1 John 1. And this is probably where we're going to start tonight, Lord willing. 1 John 1. We read... Um, around in this context because God's telling us I'm writing these things so you don't sin because whether you think so or not sin's going to rob you of your joy condemnation conviction you can't you're not enjoying life like you could I don't want to get ahead of myself maybe I really do but I want to try not to People that are living acting like you're getting the short end of the stick. You, you're a church boy, a church girl. You, you don't know what fun's all about. They, they're clueless. There's regret. There's hurt. There's emptiness. I've got these folks. Somebody told me they're, they're uh, uh, parading this month for their pride in, uh, in their perversion. And there's no joy in that. The suicide rate that we were talking about that is so high in homosexuals and transgender and that whole, every letter in the alphabet that they have. And then the plus to the unknown God. So we don't offend somebody that might be something that we didn't think of. Their depression and their suicide rate isn't because of how people look down on them. They are celebrated. It's because there's no joy in it. It's because they're so far away from what God intends in their life and the source of joy. And you can parade and you can prance around in front of everybody. There's no joy in that. That's not gay. That's sad. And it's, it's, it is sad. And sin. Sin is going to take you away from the source of joy. It's going to promise you pleasures of sin for a season. And we're going to talk about more of that tonight. But the Bible says, these things write we unto you, verse 4 of 1 James 1. These things write we unto you that your joy may be full. God's will in your life is going to bring you joy. When you're walking with God, why is it that someone who has tasted of this world, someone like maybe some of you that has experienced the sins of this world and the 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 the, all that it has to offer, if you will. But you come to an altar and you see the countenance just change when all of a sudden the Holy Ghost is poured out and you're speaking in other tongues. That the weight of that sinfulness is lifted now and greater than any high, greater than any drunken stupor, greater than any, any anything that you've thrown off the, the boundaries of of. Of, of righteousness and ran into sin and, and felt like you had it all. And now you've got joy unspeakable. Where now you realize how empty and how sad and how lost you really were. God says, I'm writing these things unto you that you sin not. Because you know what? When you start living for God, that's when your joy can be full. Can I tell you, we need to be living a life in the church that shows this world a full joy. 
We need to be living a life that they see. Praise God. Yes, I know that I can be angry, but that doesn't mean I don't have joy. I can be sorrowful and I can have a burden for what I see in my community, but I can still have joy. Amen. That I'm not allowing that to destroy my life and or ruin my day. Amen. But that I can walk with a fullness of joy. God says these things. Praise God, I write to you that your joy may be full. God wants you to have joy. God's looking at your life right now. Do you say, oh, but I'm living right. Good. Do you have joy? Where'd it go? What happened? I, I, I'm, I'm living a whole lot better than a lot. Are you, do you have joy? Are you experiencing what God has for you? Somebody said, well, I tried to live for God, but, but you know what? It was No, I'll tell you what. You really just let God work in you. You're going to have time in your life. It is living. Amen. It is life itself. It is the path of life. Praise God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Sister Katie, can you come to the music, please? Joy. When was the last time you looked at your life and recognized? Hallelujah. Maybe, maybe the devil's tried to steal my joy in this. Somebody's got to make up their mind. The devil can't have it. Somebody's got to make up their mind that their, their joy is not for sale. I want you to think about this. I want you to pray about it. Before you come to church tonight, what kind of things rob you of a joyful life? What kind of things try to steal, kill, and destroy your joy? God says, I want your joy to be full. God says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. God says, in my presence is fullness of joy. What do you say? What's, what's your opinion on joy? Sounds like I need it. Sounds like it's important. Sounds like I better fight to keep it. Did you hear what I said? I'm going to fight to keep my joy. I'm not going to allow my mindset, my spirit, To lose the joyfulness. I'm going to rejoice evermore. I'm going to make a choice to count it joy. This world's not getting better. Maybe you noticed that. This world is not getting more just easy. Even though technology is advancing and all kind of gadgets and all kind of things that are supposed to make your life just so much more easy, but but things are falling apart quickly. Do you hear the voice of God saying in this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Rejoice evermore. You're going to have to make a choice. God's blessed you and blessed you and blessed you. The devil's fought you every step of the way. I want to enjoy the blessings of a good God that's been good to me. I want to rejoice in all that He's done. And I feel like somebody else here today needs to be honest with yourself. Have you allowed the enemy to steal your joy? I want to really get down to what that means tonight. Because I feel like there's some that still feel like I can't have joy because of what I'm facing. I can't have joy because of my current situation. Circumstances that are beyond my control. And you feel like joy is going to come when things get better and things get easier. And you keep praying, God turn things around so that I could rejoice. Stop this. or Lord, change this so that I can have joy again. But we're going to talk about what really has robbed you and, and bring it down to understand that you're going to have to count some things joy. You're going to have to 
get back to the source of joy. You're going to have to make a choice and say, God, the devil can't take my joyfulness any longer. I'm going to rejoice today. Come on, let's pray. Let's, let's take some time and talk to the Lord. you let someone else steal your joy? We're going to have to dig down into what really what really matters to bring fulfillment and real joy into your life. Right now, let's just ask God to bring us back to the source of joy, His presence. Church, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want you to leave this house today with a made-up mind. God, I'm going to enjoy the blessings that you put in my life. I'm not going to let the enemy make me feel like I've done something wrong when I just do all that I can to walk with you. God's word. You follow God's path for your life. You're going to find joy. Sorrow, sure. Hurt, it's going to happen. But joy is going to be with you every day, every step of the way. God, give us understanding. God, we thank you. Every trial, every test, Lord, you're working in us. You're working in us, God. you, Lord, to just help us to recognize every day how you have just loaded us with blessings, loaded us with benefits, and Lord, to shine brightly to those around us. Lord, use us to let this world see, God, we've got something better than they do. We've got you. Bless your people now, Lord. Keep us in your care throughout this day and bless the service tonight, God, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Pray for the service tonight.